Hello people from Facebook and beyond. My name is John and you are watching Off The Record. Off The Record is our weekly live show happening during Phase 2 Heightened Alert, happening every Saturday at 8pm where we invite guests to answer your questions about COVID-19 and any other concerns that you might have. Before we go any further, thank you so much for joining us. Do remember to give us a like if you enjoyed this video and share the link on our show uh, on social media and to your friends. On today's episode, which is the very first episode, we are delighted to have with us Dr. Leong Ho Nam. You guys might be familiar with him. He's been in the news lately providing information regarding COVID-19 and of course the vaccine, right? Thank you, Dr. Leong, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me over. Mm, okay, so maybe you can tell the audience, especially those people who are tuning in for the first time and seeing you for the first time, give us a little bit of an introduction uh, of yourself. I'm an infectious disease physician where I look after patients with fevers and of which we also are interested in vaccines. Personally, I'm very, very passionate about vaccines as well as education. And it's really rather appropriate that I'm here speaking about COVID-19, which is a viral illness. We're going to talk about vaccines, which is the main key way to actually try to overcome COVID-19. And of course, education. Education will help us overcome our fears as well as the fake news. All right. Thank you so much. That was insightful. Thank you, Dr. Leong, for joining us. So to make sure that we're all on the same page, especially for you, our audience, for today's show, what I have with me is a list of questions that we have actually asked the public beforehand on social media. And tonight, Dr. Leong, you will be answering those questions for us. And of course, if you can't, you can at least point us in the right direction for us to look for the right resource. Uh, at the same time, there will also be live questions incoming that my producers will be handing to me. And of course, more importantly, to Dr. Leong. So keep those comments coming and ask us more questions, yeah? Okay, without further ado, let's dive into our first question. But before that, thank you all 200 of, of y'all who are tuning in right now. Please share, make this go viral. We need this to be more viral than a pandemic. Like, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> first question that I have for you, Dr. Leong. Okay, why has there been a resurgence of cases with more clusters forming? It seems like the virus has a quote-unquote higher attack rate. Great question. If you think about it, this is a virus that's trying to strike it out in the human world, on human planet. So it really wants to divide more, infect more, infect more people to reach out. And mm. it's, it's like any other species that is. It wants to survive and live on again and again. And yes. we saw some mutations initially, and there are more mutations now that allows the virus to be more effective. And you would think about it. What happened two, three months ago and now, hey, everything's the same. But the virus had an age over us, which means the virus is mutating, it's adapting, but we humans aren't. So it wants mm -hmm. to take over the world with new adaptations, new machines. Th think of it. We're, for example, you're just doing a shooting game. Right. If, if I keep shooting things at the same way, right. you overcome me. So the oh. virus will adapt, change, and then will try to hit us. And it does so by being more transmissible. Right. I mean, we wear a mask and then they say, hey, I'm going to make it more transmissible so even your ordinary cloth mask don't work so well. Ah. And with that, it propagates its progeny. It goes on and on and on. Right. And make no mistake, the, world, the virus is only interested in two things. One, world domination. Number two, it wants to infect humans over and over and over again. So it's going to be like a broken down recorder ah. that doesn't stop. And every time it loops, essentially what you're saying is it will try to change tactics regardless of whether we do. Correct. And honestly, beating and infecting humans are very easy. Mm. Humans are very silly. We go the same way. We like, we are creatures of habit. We uh -huh. do exactly the same way. But the virus adapts. And then it's like, for example, we put on a shield in front of us. The yeah. virus, they hit us by the sides ah. and we fall sick. They put on another shield the other side, they hit us on the other side. So that's what the virus will keep adapting. Yes. Oh, okay. So, I mean, since you mentioned about adapting, you know, they actually have a little question about the variant. You know, recently there has been a B1617.2. Is that the correct notification? Uh, yes, B1617. Ah. Yes. Okay. So the thing about it is that people are observing, especially through the news and with experts chiming in, that the B1617.2 variant appears to be very infectious. Right, and there has been, uh, you know, people word going around that you know other variants are going to be just like it, really infectious, and more things are going to come our way. Is this cause to be afraid? There was actually an earlier variant that was quite infectious. It's been taken over by another variant called the B117 mm. that was first discovered in UK. And of course, we have now the B1617 that was discovered from South Asia. 
but that's the way it's going to be. Mm. If you heard of B1617, there's going to be another one, B2 something or B17 something. Basically, the viruses are going to adapt and change again and again. Ah. So after this battle of B1617, and for the record, my money is that we are going to win this one against B1617 <laughs> with this phase two thing. We right. will win it. I'm quite sure about this. But there will be yet another one that will come that's going to be even more potent in the cell mouth, more transmissibility. I see. There are going to be more transmissibility for the next strain that comes. So all of us needs to get ready, yeah. be prepared for the next wave. Right, and get ready not in the sense of hoarding toilet paper, but getting ready in terms of... Spot on. No toilet paper, <laughs> no instant noodles. Okay, so what when I talk about oh, getting ready, it really means getting vaccinated. Ah. Getting vaccinations actually changes a serious illness into a mild illness and a mild illness into nothing. And realistically, okay, from the USA data as well as our own data, patients who have been vaccinated, I guarantee you something. They are going to be very fit well and healthy. And most, they might need a little bit of oxygen and they're out of it. In other words, a mm. serious life-threatening illness is now changed into a common cold. Or oh, look about the other way. I came out, I saw this phrase. Yeah. The bark and the bite, which is bad. The bite. But the vaccines take the teeth out of the bite, so there's no bite, just the bark. I see. In other words, you, you, don't, really, you don't really end up sick. With a pit uh -huh. when you are unvaccinated. Yeah. That's great because life goes back to normal. Mm. But if we don't get vaccinated, you end up falling really sick. So vaccinations for one. Yeah. And of course, number two, we love our neighbours. We love our friends. We want to mask up so that we don't spread the virus to other people. Yes. I'm not masked up now so that I don't sound like a Darth Vader to this <laughs> mic. Okay, John on the other side is neither masked up for the same reason. But all the crew behind us, they look really very cute, like a party, mask party. <laughs> because everyone else behind the camera is all masked up. Perfect, perfect. Okay, anyway, because actually we have a follow-up question to, to this, right? Because you mentioned about how the virus will try to change tactics to try to attack us, right? So one of the things that people have been curious about is things like ventilation. How does ventilation affect how fast the virus spread? Ventilation, indoors, bad, bad, bad. Outdoors, great, lovely. Outdoors mm -hmm. means the virus spreads up, the heart does, it just gets dissolved out quickly. The rule of the thumb is if you are indoors, the air is stagnate, stagnant, it doesn't move around, then the virus will cling on better. Ah. And remember, it likes air conditioning, just like almost every Singaporean. It likes it chilled because the virus stays on in the environment better. I see. If you put it out in the sunny weather, Singapore at 32 outside, it will die very quickly. In addition, the dilution, the wind will come in, the air will come in, the virus gets diluted out, and in fact, the virus turns harmless. Right. So if you remember, uh, the President of the United States, Mr. Biden, mm. uh, just, just about one or two months ago, announced yeah. that if, if you are out in the open, you don't need to mask up if you've been vaccinated. Because actually, he's using science to help him to make such a statement. Outdoors, literally, the risk of getting acquisition is very, very low unless the person is immediately next to you I without see. a mask. Ah, so outdoors does not, not mean in malls, right? Yep. In the fresh air. Outdoors means literally outside the doors. Malls is still considered indoors. Perfect, perfect. Okay, no, because there's another, another question where, where it comes to this, right? Because people want to know, let's say in their house, Right, they do wish to have it a little bit more ventilated, right? What are some ways that people can allow their home to be a little bit more ventilated? Because as far as we understand, for COVID-19, it is spread, it's an aerosol-borne aerosol kind of disease right now. Actually, right? at this point in time, yeah. we still think it's droplet. Yeah. So when I speak my p and the b, everything will just fly out. Right. And it flies out with the droplets that form. Uh -huh. Now, we think it might be able to go airborne. The science are still, scientists are still working on it. Yeah. But we should kind of prepare ourselves as going airborne. Right. Now, the coming back, if, you, if in the house or in the office, we really want you to get ventilated. Yeah. Very simple. Open up what the windows there are. Open up the windows that are one end to the other end so the air goes through the building, ah. goes through the room. That's fabulous. Now, do you realize 
that we actually had a bad outbreak in the Tan Tock Seng Hospital. Yes, yes, yes. They re- the hospital realizes that the hospital is a potential problem and many people there, you could actually spread because the, the individuals are sick and they're coughing away. They're not going to wear a mask. Mm. So what they're going to do is they're put huge extractor fans outside the walls to draw out the air. Ah. So once it goes outside, dilutes the dilutes out, yes. outdoors, and sunny weather, Singapore, the sun will literally chow ta the virus <laughs> and it will just burn it away. So coming back, so, but don't worry, uh, if you happen to be next to Tan Tok Sing, the air around it is clean because ah. it is outdoors. Don't have to worry about there's a layer of air around it. So ventilation is good and if you can, even the cars, for example, mm. if, if I'm boarding a Grab, I took a Grab just on yesterday. What I did was ask, Uncle, I'm going to wind down windows. Are you okay? He okay. So we wound out all the windows, got into the car and drove through outdoors. Ah. This literally is safety for me, safety for the driver. Right. It's okay, safe so, money too. So actually we got a question from the audience actually this time regarding what you just mentioned, especially with you know President Biden mentioning some things that you mentioned. So is it safe then? You know, Do we still need to mask up while, while we're outdoors? The answer is yes, we should still. We ah. don't have the luxury of the big, United States of America, where there's so much space. Mm. You see, if even though even though we go outdoors, there are so many people out in the parks. Ah, that's true. As you walk, you're going to come in one two meters of somebody else. Yes. So do it for the safety of yourself, and you don't want to pass the virus on to somebody else. Right. And number two, you see, the virus wants to adapt. They wants to wants to find out what we are used to and exploit that. Yeah. So if we are if everyone goes out outdoors without masks, it's going to exploit that when you just walk past within one meter of I each see. other. Okay. So best thing, wear a mask. And honestly, Singapore is really, really in the doldrums because of this COVID-19. Mm. The spreading is too many. I've had enough of this CB. I've enough of this <laughs> phase two. Let's get out of it. Right. Purge the virus out of the system. Mm. All right. Okay. So, I mean, before we go on, thank you so much, all 400 of you for joining us. We actually have another question from, from Patrick in the comments, right? So this one, I think it's someone that uh, um, probably has this condition on his own or his family member. He asks, can cancer patients be vaccinated? Great question. Actually, cancer itself is not a contraindication. You're right, right. Even if you have chemotherapy, hormone therapy, etc., it's not a contraindication. When I say contraindication, that means it's a direct clash. Ah. We worry if the chemotherapy will weaken the immune system in such a way that you may not be able to mount an adequate response. Ah. It's about the response which I'm worried about rather than because of the vaccine, it causes harm on the cancer individual. Ah. So if the vaccine is not going to be very effective, your antibody response isn't that good, then why give it? Ah. Because I'm not going to enjoy the laksa bowl of noodles now. Why eat it now? Ah. But I will order my laksa when I'm truly going to enjoy it, when my appetite is back and I'm all ready for it. So that's the thing about the cancer and the chemotherapy. But not all chemotherapies are like this. You may be on hormonal therapies where it doesn't affect the immune system. Go ahead. Now, eventually, your chemotherapy will come to an end. When it comes to an end, give a washout period which your oncologist will be able to advise you and thereafter, take it when you are ready, when your body is receptive to the laxa or receptive to the vaccine. I see. And that makes a lot of sense, actually. Because I think, you know, in terms of vaccination, your body needs to be able to mount the proper response in order to have the memory cells for that when an actual infection happens, right? Absolutely. Ah, okay. So next question that I have for you is also regarding illness, right? There has been news floating around that the vaccination may lead to heart attacks or stroke. Is this true? The funny thing is, everyone assumes after vaccination nothing else happens. Life goes on and you won't have any heart attacks and strokes, etc. But that's far from the truth. In fact, I could get vaccinated, walk out, and then I see a cat and I fell over. Oh, it must be because of the vaccine that I fell over. (laughs) Of course not. Many other things happen. Mm. In fact, you still can get strokes and heart attacks 
with or without the vaccine. Yeah. So if you really want to look at the science of it, what you have to do is this. You look at the number of stroke cases, heart attack cases before vaccination started. I see. If you can, you go back into the exact same period, say January to March this year, when uh -huh. we started vaccination, yeah. versus January to March last year, or the January to March the last few years before, yeah. and you compare the right numbers. And then if you realize that if this year, January to March, we're getting a lot more heart attacks, mm. and these individuals appear to be related to vaccines, right. hey, we may have a signal. Now, but if you look at Singapore, we have about 2 million people have been vaccinated yes. out of 5.6, 5.8 million people. Yes. We're not going to pick up the rare signal. The ah. rare signal of 1 in 1 million, come on, it's not going to stand out. You won't, you won't see that at all. That's true. So which means data is about big numbers. The bigger numbers I have, the more credibility there is. I see. And the biggest numbers for the mRNA vaccines now comes from USA. Ah. USA have given more than 130 million people the vaccines. And they have a robust system where they report the side effects of vaccines. At this point in time, they haven't seen any signal for heart attacks and strokes. Ah. So after 130 million people yes. that doesn't have this, I think chances of Singapore having the same problem will be slim. Yeah. But nonetheless, I am not letting go of this. HSA is monitoring the situation very carefully. We're looking at all the data, not just of stroke, heart attacks, anything at all. Ah. Because at the end of the day, the person who's receiving the vaccine is my own brother, my own sister, my own neighbour. Right. If I don't look after our own Singaporeans... Yeah, who will, right? Who will? Yeah. Exactly. So I guess the main message over here is twofold, right? First is that if the experts aren't being alarmed, it's probably not something that's confirmed by statistics yet. Okay. I'm going to put in one more scenario. Right. Let's assume, let's assume there's really a little bit of signal with heart attack okay. and that risk is one per million. Uh-huh. So you vaccinate 1 million people, extra one extra person gets a heart attack. Yes. So 6 million people is 6 other people get heart attack. Is that something alarming? Would I accept it? The answer is, I would still accept it. I, I would see. notify it. I would inform you. True to my heart, I would say it. But I will not be too worried. Why? Because if I were to get COVID-19... Yes. My risk of dying, all things being equal, will be 1%. If you have less hair than me, or it's whiter than mine, it's going to be more than 1%. Yeah. So it's a trade-off between a 1% death risk versus a 1 in a million chance of getting heart attack. Yes. I will go for a 1 in a million chance of heart attack at a time which I know when it's going to happen. Ah. I will skip that 1%. So I've had my vaccines. Uh, the rest of the people here have more hair and blacker than mine, so they're much younger. They may not have had their vaccines. Probably not. But, but I know because of that, I'm going to be protected. I'm not going to be that 1% death risk. Yes, I agree. And like, you know what, like how you mentioned, right? One in a million does not mean you're going to be that one yes. in a million. You won't be like, nine, 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 and then I'm the one and then I die. It yeah. won't be that. That's not the case. If, if you, I'm going to give you that scenario. Yes. Do you cross the road today, my friend? Mm -hmm. Do you drive a car today? Mm -hmm. If you did, on Singapore roads, the chance of you dying from a road traffic accident is 21 out of 1 million. Oh, wow. So if you actually cross the road, you have taken more risk than going for a COVID vaccine. I see. I'll give you another scenario. Do you smoke? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit antisocial in terms of smoking. Yeah, right, I right. do not like people who smoke. And you know the risk of death? It's more than 2,000 per million. Oh. If you've taken a puff, then you have exposed yourself to even more risks yes. than the COVID-19 vaccine. Correct. And this is assuming that the COVID-19 is one in a million because we have no evidence. We have no evidence at all. So we do have some risks of allergies and stuff. We're talking about four I per million. See. But no, we shouldn't. Let's be realistic. Yes. Okay. So I guess if people are still afraid, they can consult their doctors or... 
If you're worried, speak to your doctors about uh. it. In fact, the there are many of us are open to consultations. Your doctors are the uh, physicians, even your respiratory physicians. Talk to them and clear your doubts and then go ahead and get vaccinated. Perfect, perfect. All right, let's move on to our next question. So someone actually asked, right, many of us also worry about the side effects that may choose to, and, and may choose to wait and see, sorry. My friend developed a fever after his second jab. Can we expect this if we go for our vaccinations? Are there any long-term side effects? Okay, let's do about fevers first. Yes. If you get a fever, hey, congratulations, because you had the real deal, okay? You had a real McCoy. Now, if you were, if you didn't get any, don't worry about it, because only about 60-70% of people do get some reactions. I see. The rest of the 30% are very fortunate they don't have reactions. Mm. You do get reaction, we know that you will definitely mount an antibody response. Ah. If you don't, chill out because overwhelmingly 98% of them will have an antibody response. Even if you don't have an antibody response, you have the other T cell arm. So antibody ah. response is the B cell arm. Right. The T cell arm is the other arm that's very, very important, which goes into the immune system function that will affect the severity of the illness. Mm -hmm. So you will still get both stimulated and it's fine. And this data is not just for young people out in the audience, but it goes all the way to one who's 90 years old. In fact, the trial, there's someone who is 91 years old, he had heart problems, he went for the vaccine, he recovered well, he didn't fall sick at all, and he is strong with immunity. Ah. In, in fact, we have one of the people who's in Tantoxin who fell sick, who's 91 years old, he's vaccinated. And the reason he's still alive is because he's vaccinated. Right. Now, I'm going to tackle something that's a little bit more difficult. Yes. Is there any long-term side effects from ah. that? Okay, I'm going to be very realistic and tell you in vaccinology, something which I'm very passionate about, most side effects happens within two weeks. If it doesn't happen within two weeks, the rare, rare ones will happen by three or four months. And by then, nothing else really happens. Right. I, I just, there's a movie called I Am Legend. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> thing is really, truly in the Hollywood. Okay, they did it primarily for the uh, for the box ticket funds money. Mm, mm. Okay, so I am legend things don't happen. Right. So this vaccine has been around for easily six months, and I can tell you, chances up to six months is very safe. Is there a risk? Is there a risk for beyond six months, two years, ten years? I'm going to share with you some truth. The truth is, they started injecting mRNA into mice as early as the 1970s, before oh. many of you here were born. Right. Number two, they started trials in humans, humans as early as 2013, which means they have seven to eight years data on the safety of this vaccine. Ah. I do admit it's a small number of people. Yeah. We're talking about several hundreds to several thousands. Yeah. But nonetheless, it gives me clarity that the vaccine is going to be safe at least for the few thousands right. people. Now, then fast forward to 2020, 2021, we're giving it to more than 100 million people. It's more than like 150 million yes. people worldwide. And so far, it's been fine. You see, the country, the more you adapt well to this vaccine, yeah. the safer it is, the number of cases fall. Yeah. Yet, despite all this, I will accept the fact that the vaccine doesn't have long-term data. Right. But watch this space because not only are you interested, I'm interested, mm. HSA is interested. Then you're going to ask me, so why, why don't I wait? Yeah. Why don't I wait? The answer is this. The virus is like a tiger. It's going to prowl along the perimeters of Singapore. It's going to weave in and out through the malls, etc., and if you are not vaccinated, it will hunt you down. Oh. When it hunts you down, it will take a bite and in turn, you are going to fall sick. Ah. Okay, so which means, John, yes. the only way out of this mess okay, is actually vaccination. Vaccination takes the bite, takes the teeth oh. out of the virus. Right. The bite becomes a bark. 
Mm. Everyone just has at most a common cold and life goes on to normal. Right. Matthew goes on though. Yes. Just in case I'm the odd case mm. of transmitting it to someone else. Correct. I mean, hand to my heart. As a doctor, I've sworn to help all my patients as much as possible. Mm. The last thing I want to do is to pass a virus on to someone. Right. And look, many people have died. Yes. We don't need another death. Agreed with you. All right, so one final point, yes or no only, huh? okay? Because the uh, virus, like all things, like uh, sorry, the vaccination, like all things, like the mask and everything offers us protection. Would you say yes or no to the, quest, to the quote, some protection is better than no protection? Absolutely. Perfect. Imagine this, you're entering to a fire, fiery house. You have three options, okay? Go in there completely naked. Number two, you can go in there with a helmet, Okay, number three, you get in there with a full gear. Ideally, I want to go in there with a full, full gear. gear. But if I have nothing else, I've got a hammer to protect my head, yeah. I will go in there and rescue my family. I see. Makes sense. All right, let's move on to another question that the uh, comments actually contributed. Right? What does a mask with good filtration capabilities mean? Should I still wear cloth masks? I don't like cloth masks, okay? Uh, I think they're extremely pretty, but it is not certified, uh, okay? So we really want things which are certified and qualified. So we get exactly what we ask for. Right. So if you want that cloth mask, my suggestion to you is what the USA recommends. Get a qualified surgical mask beneath, ah. followed by the cloth mask outside. So you would actually look very pretty, and you get the filtration. If you wear the cloth mask alone, then you may not be getting the protection. You see, we are failing in our, in our prevention of P616-1617 yeah. because we're stuck in our ways. We are more concerned with the frivolous uh, cosmetic look than the actual protection. I see. Okay. And sometimes comfort as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so good to see, not good to eat. Okay, so we wanted, okay, we needed to, Eat to eat well, then we can always garnish it outside with a pretty mask. Oh. So get protection, get the correct BFE, mm. the bacteria filtration af efficacy, and you get your protection. I see. Okay, that's actually a great answer to that question. All right, let's move on to the next question, which I think is a little bit more serious, right? We have seen the breakthrough cases where vaccinated persons are also infected. How effective is the COVID-19 vaccine? And should we even still get the vaccine? Okay, we should still get the vaccine. That's the short answer. Yes. Vaccinated individuals still transmitted. Mm. We have a nice study that was done on healthcare workers. In the case of prevention of transmission to family members, was about 54%. Right. If you trans about prevention of transmission to colleagues and other healthcare workers, it's at least 92%. Mm. So neighbors, friends, office is very good. Your own family. More, all of us will take off the mask back at home, mm. and in turn, the risk of transmission is higher. Right. But nonetheless, the transmission rates compared to the control was from 100 to 54 percent. We have a 50 percent reduction. Mm. Mm. Well, think about it 50 percent efficacy. Think about it your boss gives you a 50 percent pay rise. I will take it. <laughs> okay, I will take it. So, coming back now, why is it that it has? not been so efficacious, it's simply yes. the target moved. Okay, all of us been to schools, we be at PSLE, O-levels. If you prepare your syllabus, you're going to score 100 marks, right? Yes. Okay, now what happens if the O-level examiners change the syllabus, moved it, and you give it a score 100 marks? No. You can't. You spot the wrong question. You spot the wrong question, <laughs> spot on. So we miss a bit. And that's expected. And mm. in turn, your capture rate isn't that bad. I but see. is 80% still a good pass? It yes. is a very good pass. Distinction. Actually. It's still a distinction. Yeah. So I am still giving protection. I'm still preventing myself from falling sick. I still get myself a job after passing the O-levels. Yes. That's great. And that's, that's what we should be targeting for. And let, let's be really serious about this. Will the virus change? Will the virus mutate against the vaccine? It will try to. It will try to do it. And the only way we can prevent that from happening is if everyone gets vaccinated quickly uh -huh. with a good vaccine, not just 
a drips and drabs so everybody cooperates to get it. And number two, we wear masks to prevent transmission. I see. You see, mutants come about through replication. Oh. If there's no replication, you have no mutants. Okay? So there, there was this thing that was passed around through the, the Nobel uh, Prize winners say uh, the, the, when you use vaccines, you're actually encouraging the virus to mutate. So, no, it's not. The fact is you have to wear, is not wearing the mask that allows the virus to mutate because they are replicating. Uh-huh. You stop the replication, there's no more mutants. Correct. It is the same strain that hopped over from the animal to the human, which we first found in Wuhan, China. Correct. Okay, so that means replications, just to be clear for our audience, replications only happen inside hosts. Correct. So if we don't allow that to happen by wearing masks and get vaccinated, that will prevent mutants. Correct. Nice. Okay. Side, uh, just, just a very side note. Do you know how many copies of viruses are found in infected individual? 200,000. I'll give you a number. It's more like 1 to 100 billion copies ah. of viruses are found inside one individual. Yes. So think about it. The number of mutations that happen and I cough, I just need to spread a little bit of virus I transmit the infection very quickly. Ah, all right, all right. Okay, so before we move on, we just want to acknowledge that thank you so much for all 500 of y'all who are joining us right now. As you can see from the board, ask us a question. Live, uh, Dr. Leong will answer your questions. Uh, producers will be handing those questions over to us. But we are moving on to, to, to mention about, uh, to come back to our question earlier about vaccination and uh, vaccinated persons being infected, right? So you mentioned just now about how uh, mask wearing, you know, and um, vaccination is important, right? Are there any other steps that people can take? So, you know, like, I don't know, safe distancing or, you know? Okay, I like, I like social distancing. Mm. You see, when I, when I wear a mask, it helps to filter. Yes. But some of it will still go out. Yeah. And when I'm screaming at my kids sometimes, yes. okay, the lot more will come out. Okay. So, so, but one thing the virus can't do is to cross that distance. Ah. So the people in front of me here who's doing the producers, etc., they're about three to five meters away. Yes. I'm going to make all my uh, and the p, uh, but the virus is not going to hit them because of distance. Ah. So you realize distance outranks a mass in terms of efficacy. Right. You think, think of it, okay? Singapore, Johor, we can see each other. In fact, uh-huh. the relatives can go to the building and wave hands yes, to each yes. other. But the distance doesn't allow you to come over. Right. So the same thing, if the virus can't cross the distance, then it can't transmit. Right. So social distancing is extremely efficacious. Mm-hmm. You do it outdoor, beautiful, but if you do mask, because there'll be all opportunities where you come close to each other, yes. it reduces spreading. Ah, okay, okay. Well, then, will you? Uh, there's one more step which I think, like I think people have been asking about, right? What being alert when you are unwell and being, uh, for the lack of a better word, meticulous with how you behave, right? Going to see a doctor the moment you are unwell. Would you say that is also a, a good strategy for the citizenry to have? I will say that this is a this is a necessary behavior of a good Singapore citizen. Mm. Okay, we Singapore is not like UK, US, etc. Mm. We are going for the elimination of the virus. We're going to kill and purge it out. Purge out the stupid virus away from Singapore. In order to eliminate, then we need all of us to be on detection alertness. Yes. It's like watching aliens. Uh-huh. The aliens is inside us. We have no idea unless you go for a screen check. Then you realize that aliens inside. With that that alien screen check is actually a swap. But we're going to make it easier. We won't swap every person there is. But the moment you have a bit of sore throat, a bit of cough, a runny nose, you go for the swap test. That means you go for alien detection. Right. Clear. No aliens. Good, you go back into the society. But the moment there is, we take you out, not because we want to trap you or put you in right. prison, but we want to make sure you don't pass the virus on to other people. The moment we take the person out and it doesn't pass on, the transmission stops. The replication stops. The mutants cannot leave. In other words, 
we have knocked the teeth out of the virus. And we cut down the transmission rate and Singapore gets safe. So when you report sick, well, it's so military, uh, yeah. when you fall sick and you don't feel well and you see a doctor, you're doing it not so much for yourself, but you're doing it for the love of your people, the love of your nation, okay? It's for the love of Singapore. Right. So don't don't self-medicate, basically. Just go and no, see no. a doctor. Go and see a now very cheap. Okay. <laughs> now very cheap. The government makes it very, very cheap. Mm. All right. Okay. So we'll move on to our next question. Okay. We actually have a lot more questions, but I think uh with this has been great so far. For those of you that are just tuning in, okay, you can always uh ask us a question in the comments. The producers will hand them over to me and Dr. Leong will answer them. Let's move on to our next question. Okay. This one, I think you you briefly mentioned earlier, but I think you can go more into depth, which is actually the question is, what are the processes to getting a vaccine approved? Is it safe to use since it's so quote-unquote rushed? Okay, we have two ways of tackling it. Yes. Every single drug and vaccine that enters into Singapore right. has to go through the same approval. Uh-huh. It's like, if you want to admit into my school, you have to meet this grace, you must be able to do the following things, then you come into it. Right, right. Just the same thing as when you apply for a job, the boss will approve it. So actually, HSA aren't making things difficult for any vaccines. They ask the same questions and you pass it, then the vaccines get approved, the drugs get approved, and you have a safe thing. So they are not only interested in the clinical trial, which shows efficacy, they are interested in the side effects as well. Mm. They are also interested in how the vaccine or the drug is manufactured, Mm, mm. and if there's any quality checks. Mm. Because I'm not going to let you have the vaccine or let you have the drug simply because I say it is good. The other way of looking at it is that if I if I pronounce it over the press media and say that this vaccine is good, you go and buy it, and I don't give you any data at all supporting it, hey, I'm a hoaxster. I'm, I'm, I'm just conning a job. I'm a, just right. a con man. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. at the end of the day, HSA is the one that makes through and does all the checks so that the company you buy right. or the vaccine you buy or the drug which you buy, when I use the word companies because when you buy a company, you scrutinize it. Yeah, so yeah. HSA does all the checks. So the moment it enters in HSA, it's fine. Now I'm going to give you another scenario. Some people ask me, Dr. Leung, hey, the vaccine approved everything from beginning to the end in one year. Is this for real? Uh-huh. Then I'm going to ask you this. Everyone has seen an undergraduate who has to take the different modules in school. And the examiner says, you finish these modules, you pass. And this poor guy didn't date anyone at all. He went through studying day and night, day and night, no school holidays, even had no toilet breaks and pondered the whole hostel with his urine. He clears all the modules. He clears all the modules. He clears, and the modules are phase phase zero, animal trial. He clears animal trial. Phase one, small group of people, pass. Then phase two, large group of people, very safe. And phase three, it went through a large number of people, like 50,000, and they passed all of them. If you pass all of them, this undergraduate, would you pass him? He's a graduate, right? He's a graduate (laughs) because he met all the criteria. And this was done. And this poor guy slogged day and night through it to rush through the whole thing. Now, if, on the other hand, if it was a regular student, he would take his 8 to 10 years because the drug vaccine company would do all his calculations again and again because every time they fail, every time they fail, it is billions of dollars down the drain. Mm. And have we seen that? Yes. Many vaccines have failed yes. from this COVID-19. Ah, so it's all uh, ruggedly tested. Ruggedly tested. The same rules apply to them. But this vaccine, they just condensed everything and it worked very hard. And you read the people who did the vaccines, they didn't take any breaks at all. They just kept working and working on it. All right. Okay, we actually have a question from the audience this time. Dr. Leung, what is uh, uh, the audience member that, that chimed in? is Mei Chin. Okay, she asks... Dr. Leong, what is your opinion on vaccination for children from 12 to 15 year old? Is it safe? Great question. 
let's look at the data. Number one, 12 to 15 years old, their immunology is very, very similar to adult. It's those that are less than 12 years old that may be a bit different. When I say different, it means that they may need more shots or they need fewer shots. So 12 to 15, I expect them to be about the same. Right. Number two, the second thing is, did, was this tested on individuals 12 to 15? Yes, they were. When you were tested and they went through and they had no issues. Right. Number three, not only that, they went on to see that their immunology has great response. Now, not I'm, I'm not just happy with it, uh, this test, but I'm interested in the biological behavior of the vaccine. I look at the biological behavior and look at all possibilities there is no contraindication. It doesn't affect the reproductive system. Mm. It doesn't reproduct your growth hormones. You still maintain your Korean drama, actor or actress height, or the good looks. You will still achieve it. Right. So for that reason, with the trial backing, I say, go ahead. The 12 to 15 years old are very safe. And I'm looking forward to it as two of my kids will be able to get vaccinated. Ah, Okay. Perfect. All right, another one from the questions, uh, from, from the comments, sorry. This one I think is someone who works in a sector that requires this. Ivine Ong asks, Dr. Leong, can frequent swabbing, i.e. weekly swabbing, cause nasal passage damage? If you do it correctly, no. If you do it correctly, insertion in and out, you wouldn't get any passage damage. See. You see, there is a small little window yes. that goes in from here inwards where you can actually sample it. Mm. Um, I've been doing swabbing for my patients even five to ten, uh, five years to ten years before COVID nineteen because I'm very obsessive. Oh. so I've detected done a way where I can go in and out very quickly. So for with, different diseases, this one I I just was different diseases right, right. because you do detection of influenza that yes. way as well. So if there is a certain technique where there's a very small window where you can go in and out, and the patient will say, "Huh, it's done." Oh, hardly anything at all. It's just like the blood taking. You've seen someone who's done blood taking about 1,098 times, the pain, the injection is hardly pain, uh, painful. I see. So it can be done very easy. All right. Okay, we have another question, this time by Edmund Hugh. Okay, he asks, how easy is COVID-19 transmitted through surfaces? Great question. Now, at this point in time, the scientists don't think it is a major mode of transmission. Oh. But I know of studies, especially done from the Hong Kong group, where they showed that it can stay alive for hours on the surface. Right. The scientists from USA, Europe, as well as in Singapore, don't think it is a major mode. Mm. But don't be so silly. You see someone who spit onto the table, pick it up and smell it. Okay, that you are going to get the infection. <laughs> but in most intent and purposes, it yes. shouldn't. Nonetheless, we make sure we have clean hands. If my, this, this phrase came out when I was doing it with 913. Yes. Your face is sacred. So before you touch your face, wash your hands with alcohol, water. Yeah. Then you touch your face, then you're actually very, very safe. Ah, I, I read somewhere that actually someone mentioned about hand washing, right? They said to wash your hands as if you're about to change your contact lens after eating spicy chicken. Is Great idea. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to use it next time. It makes sense, right? It does, it does, it does. <laughs> All right, amazing. Okay, so before we move on to the next question, Dr. Leong, maybe you can run through with us once again just for our audience that are just tuning in. What are like some of the criteria a vaccine must pass? in Singapore. Okay, number one, we will make sure that the vaccine manufacturer uh, is qualified and all the all the drugs, all the equipment, uh, all the equipment are properly credentialed and mm. all the raw materials are done correctly yes. and the certification to check on the quality. Right. Not only are we interested in the quality of the vaccine when it leaves, but we want proof that three months later or six months later as we're in the expiry, that the vaccine or the drug still works. Ah. Number two, we want to make sure that the vaccine goes through its trials correctly. Yes. 
and there was no uh, money underneath the table. There was no badgering and the data is robust. Mm. So we like to see as much data as possible, not just from the trial, but in the real world data that was actually in use. Mm -hmm. We also like to log monitor for adverse events and what are the possible problems, not just that were discovered during the trials, outside the trials. Mm -hmm. So these are main, these are the key things that which we talk about. And I'm going to elaborate a little bit here. Do you all remember reading about AstraZeneca and J&J? Yes. These are two different vaccines. Not available in Singapore. Yeah. Singapore, we only have the mRNA types of Correct. vaccine, right? Yeah. They had clots. Yeah. They caused clots in some people and they realized they were less than 60 years old and uh, they're usually women. Yes. Now, wait a minute, didn't the trial pick it up? No, the trials involve only about 50 to 1,000 people, but this incident happens about 4 per million. Ah. Okay, now, does it tell me that vaccines create trouble? No, it tells me that the reporting structure is correct. When something happens, the reporting structure tells you that there is a problem with the right, vaccine. Right. So we learn what the problems are and we accept the problems and move on or mm. we don't accept it and we chuck the vaccine away. Yeah, yeah. It really just tells us that our reporting structure actually works oh. and tells us. And with this, it actually gives me greater credibility uh, that the mRNA vaccines are very, very safe. Right. So that means we have to try to tackle these kind of fears with science. Absolutely. Ah, okay. Then you know, on, on the topic of fear, which is something that I think um people, right, who are who are who are not in the medical field especially, will be a little bit worried, right? So especially for the older generation who might not necessarily understand, you know, about the disease and everything. How then would you, Dr. Leong, convince someone who is like, let's say, my parents, right, or like my grandparents who are a little bit older? And they are worried. They're like, oh, you know, we see someone fall sick or that kind of thing. How would then you convince someone to go for the vaccine? Actually, the elderly are a little bit difficult. I tell you, I'm very blessed that my parents say, I, I just go for it. It's very yeah. easy. I do my part as a Singaporean. Okay, so number one, you have to tell dad and mom or the elderly grandparents, one, COVID-19 is coming eventually hit everyone in Singapore. In other words, everyone will be tested by fire. There's no escaping. If mm. you are not vaccinated, you will get hit. So when, when you get hit, uncle, auntie is going to get greater risk of dying. 1% mm. is average. It's going to be even 5, 10, or even 15% for an uncle, auntie older than me yes. to fall sick. Number three, I, uncle, you tell your parents or the grandparents, don't fall sick because if you fall sick, you'll pass on to the grandchildren, yes. the very people you love. Okay, you are looking after them, you spend time with them, you will infect them, they fall sick. You don't have to fall sick, right? Get vaccinated. Ah. Number four, on a more selfish note, I don't want to take leave to look after my parents. <laughs> I visit my parents at my own timing, at my own convenience. Yes. So you convince them because you want them to be well and healthy ah. because you don't want to take leave to go and visit them in the hospital. Very realistic. Actually, I think this, this is something that will resonate with the old people a lot more than telling them the signs. Yes. Right. Okay, one more thing is this. Uh, uh -huh. One of my friends did that. He just literally registered the parents, took them along. They were fighting it. The whole thing is say, I registered. You registered, you don't go. Uh. Police will come and catch. <laughs> so the parents went along, sat down, had the vaccine. And after they had the vaccine, oh, was it so simple? Okay, I'll come back for the second shot. <laughs> so literally register for them, pull them along, threaten them a little, let them sit down, get the vaccine. And my friend, you bought yourself years and years off that face, okay? Right. Because your worry for your parents just went plunging down. Ah. Just, just to get yourself a, at least a peace of mind, I guess. That's yes, important. Yes, absolutely. All right. Okay, so before we go on, thank you so much, all 600 of y'all that are tuning in. We actually got another question from the audience, which is by Tingyi. Tingyi asks, oh, this one I think is pretty interesting because it's something that's implemented around Singapore. Is one meter enough for safe distancing? Good question, Tingyi. This is for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. If, if we were to just talk, okay, one yes. meter is sufficient. Right. But if I'm going to cough and I'm going to blow my nose, one meter is grossly insufficient. Ah. So if you think about it, two meters is better than one meter. 
three meters is better than two meters. Right. But you need to be practical. It's just like my, my house. I mean, look at this. Uh, sorry, this place is actually quite small. You don't know it. But this is a small place. I will want this place to be 10 times the size. But the, the, the your company is going to say, I can't afford it, Dr. Leo. <laughs> it's not being realistic. It's not being practical. I see. So the practical compromise is one meter with your mask on. Mm. If you have the luxury, go two meters. You have the super luxury, three meters or five meters, take it on. So no choice. One meter is a compromise. I like it bigger, better. I agree with you. I mean, that makes the most sense. But like, you know, in the on the point of practicality, we have to set a certain number. We have to set yeah? a certain number. All right, perfect. Actually, I have a, another question that I actually, I think some of the audience member asked, and this is also something that I'm curious about because you have a background in infectious diseases, right? So it's been almost one and a half years, you know, for COVID-19, right? Is there any indication that the mutations are sort of weakening to for the lack of a better term, right? Weakening to influenza levels. Is COVID-19 becoming... Uh, are, we, are we trying to move COVID-19 and Singapore to be something that is endemic like influenza? Yes. Okay. That from Compared to the very, very first strain and the subsequent strains, uh, we have been seeing the cases become a little bit milder. Ah. But the current strain, the B1617, yes. versus what it was three or six months ago, I, I think it is actually milder, but we don't have solid signs. Right. Because B1617 pretty much just affected one Southern Asian state. Ah. We haven't seen it on the rest of the world right. yet. And honestly, the Southern, uh, Southern Asian state is... Uh, it's burning up with lots of cases. There's, right. there's no research, no chance, no time. Right. But when it comes into Singapore or elsewhere, we're going to see a lot more data and the credibility, how strong it is. Right. So Singapore government is going to monitor. My hunch, my money is that the virus going milder. Certainly, I have no evidence to say that it is more severe. Yeah. I am praying very hard that it's turning milder. Right. But it is still not enough. Right. That minuscule drop uh, in, sever uh, in severity of illness still is very, very significant right. uh, compared to uh, influenza. If you look at it, I think we have about two or three deaths yes. since the Tantoxin cluster. And we have only about an extra 300 patients or uh, 300 or more patients. So oh. the risk is still there and is still there. Okay. Right. So which means, I like your question, which was how... Will it ever become a flu-like illness? Sorry, become a flu-like virus yes. where it becomes very mild. The answer is yes, and the op the opportunity is there in front of you. you. Know what it is? Vaccination. Vaccination. I see. Vaccination changes into Malco. I'll take you through Tantoxing pharmacist. Yes, he's a great. I'm not sure it's a he or her, but she's he or she is fabulous. Because of Tantok Singh, he had a bit of runny nose. He went in to see a doctor and had a swab done. He did what every Singapore citizen needs to do. Yes. Swap on your symptoms. And guess what? At the end of the swap, he had no more symptoms. Oh. His runny nose was over. In all intent and purposes, would you even have seen a doctor when you had runny nose for three to four hours? No. You wouldn't. Yes. But this Tantok Singh pharmacist, I love you for that matter, he did his job and was found to be positive. Ah. Okay. And unfortunately, for the next 14, 21 days, he was diagnosed with COVID. He's segregated from the rest of the family. Yes. But he did the right thing and the transmission stops. Okay. Ah. The other way of saying it is that this pharmacist has gone forward and say, the buck stops here. Mm -hmm. No one goes past me because I am the war for Singapore. Right. So when he reported sick, he prevented transmission to other people, his family was safe, hey, we are better off. Right, all right. Okay, we actually have another question from the comments. This is by Ray Ang, right? He asked, which I think is on a question that's on the mind for a lot of Singaporeans. What is the efficacy for delaying the second shot? Great question. I love the question. Now, if you... If, if you talk about vaccinology, if you have one and second one very quickly, the antibody that's responding the first time will act as a block for your second right. 
your second vaccine, mm-hmm. uh, second dose vaccine, because the first one would create antigens, mm-hmm. and your uh, and in turn you create antibodies. The second one will create antigens, and some of the antibodies in the first round will neutralize it, yes. rendering it less effective. So too close, no good. But if you think about booster shots, think of hepatitis A, think of hepatitis B, MMR vaccines. The booster shots, which is your second shot, always comes at six months. Oh. So when you actually delay, you kind of allow the body to forget a little bit, okay? Mm. And then when you get hit again, the body remembers it much stronger. So if there's a slight delay, then you have a much stronger immune response because it's, it's like you allow things to settle down and then rem- remind yourself again. But why two months, three months? Dr. Leung says six months is good, right? Yes. Why not six months? The risk, the problem is this. As the, after the first shot, the antibody levels are good. It falls with time. And by the third month, the levels are so low, you can fall sick again. I see. Which means you have to hit the person before the third month. Yes. So we take it about eight to nine weeks, about two to three months, mm. get vaccinated. So the levels don't fall low enough but you have a good boost. Mm. If there was no pandemic and we could do this at a leisurely pace, yes. I want to split it six months apart. But of course, we are racing against time. Who's going to be, who's, who's racing against us? The mutation of the virus. If you don't do it fast enough, the virus will mutate and in turn, those half vaccinated with yes. one dose end up doing a half, job, half done job and they may not falling sick as worse off. So two shots, split it up apart, you have a better immune response. In fact, you give your vaccine to somebody else earlier. Okay. Wow, perfect. So, so in that case, just one final final point that I got, I, I have to remind our audience especially, which I think you will agree with me, right? Is that uh, even if you are vaccinated, right? Still see the doctor, even if you have mild symptoms. Correct. Because you could inevitably be the mild or asymptomatic individual yes. and could spread it. Hey, brother, sister, when you, f- when you fall sick and you're swap positive, you know what they're going to do? They're going to trace together and find out who gave it to you. Mm. When you find out who gave it to you, you find out, you search and search and search, you dig deeper and deeper and deeper and we go for extermination of the virus. Right, perfect. All right. Okay, and I think, you know, that is more or less the end of our questions for today. Okay, so before we end off, okay, uh, Dr. Leung, thank you so much for answering all our questions and to our audience that have tuned in tonight, right? Okay, unfortunately, all good things must come to the end. We have come to the end of today's episode of All of Off the Record. Thank you all 700 plus of you are tuning in. Thank you so much once again, Dr. Leung, for being on the show with us. Before we end off, Dr. Leung, any final word for our audience members? Singapore. You have suffered. No doubt about it. We all know someone who lost their jobs or struggling along. And I know of people who worry about the next meal for themselves or their family members. And these are kids. Yes. I know some of you have just uh, lost the opportunity to travel. But there are many of us that are suffering. Eventually, we need to put COVID-19 behind us. Eventually, we need to rise above COVID-19 and put it behind us. Mm. And the ability to do it is before us. One arm of it is vaccination. The arm of it is something you know very well. Mask, safe distancing, clean hands. If we do this two up together, it's literally raising our arms up in defense of Singapore. Against an enemy we cannot see, against an enemy that's mutating, against an enemy that wants to adapt us and put us under the yoke of repeated infections. Mm. I'm thankful even that we have vaccinations available. You see, if, you, if all of us were to work together, our arms up, and not only that, interlocked, Because when we are all vaccinated with masks and safe distancing, we are building up herd immunity. What is the virus? The virus is nothing. Against the united Singapore, against a strength of 
cooperative, helpful, vaccinated, strong Singapore with a great mind, the virus is nothing. COVID-19, COVID-21, COVID-23, I will say bring it on because the roar of Singapore is so much stronger than your bark mm. because the vaccine has taken the bite out of it. I can't do this alone. Look at the Chinese say, single person, one hand can't clap, one clap, no sound. Mm. I need all of us to work together. When you stand up, wear your mask, do your social distancing, get vaccinated, my friend, you have called yourself a true blue Singapore. You have become the true son of Singapore. Thank you, everyone. Oh, wow, fantastic. Okay, so thank you so much, everyone. Stay safe, stay protected. We hope you we managed to address all your concerns about COVID-19 today. You know, some of your asked questions, they may be more appropriate for our future guests. So my producers will actually have already consolidated those comments for our future episodes. So remember to tune in every Saturday, 8 p.m. Okay, so thank you once again, Dr. Leong, for joining us today. And thank, thank you, you, you know, here. yeah, and thank you so much to our audience members. Thank you guys for tuning in today. And I'll, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Bye.